Hey guys, it's Gary with the BoxCast Podcast, and welcome back here to our third episode. We're so excited to have you. I am completely stoked, but first, let me get to it. Let me introduce our other co-hosts. Wade? Hey, I'm Wade Clark, and... My name is Josh Clements. I'm a videographer at BoxCast. And Wade, what do you do? Oh Josh yeah, is- I'm, a, I'm a videographer. I used, <laughs> oh. to, I used to work in customer support, but now I'm a videographer. Just so. because Josh doesn't understand the concept, just say your name. And I <laughs> thought we would leave some... I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you just uh, listen. You're just another pretty face at the table, pal. Okay. That's right. Yeah. So, guys, I'm excited about today's episode because uh, I have a long time, really good friend of ours, of mine, of the family. Um, he's a special human. He's a special man, and he works for a company called PTZ Optics. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to introduce to you Stephen Haywood. Stephen, how are you, buddy? I'm doing well. I actually thought about just freeze framing there for a second, just to make you think that something <laughs> was wrong. Well, I mean, Zoom I does have that. Zoom does have that tendency to like, you know, cut cut out, right? <laughs> I I figured I put you through enough already in the in the pre setup. In the pre setup stuff, yeah, I appreciate it. Well, Stephen, since you're here with us and you're from PTZ Optics, part of the things that we like to do here, at Boxcast, is we like to introduce um, all of the people that will listen to this, watch it, that are our customers who are not our customers. We like to bring in some quality experts from other companies about other things that people are using in the field. And with, since you're with PTZ Optics, man, we're just going to pretty much blast you with questions and let you talk about experiences and stuff. So why don't you tell me first off, man, what do you do at PTZ? Like, what is your job? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, I, I always say to my wife, I'm a glorified broadcast breaker. I get to uh, break things. No, um, my title is the broadcast engineer. So my job is to work with other departments on facilitating our products, uh, whether it's testing, if I'm working with the product team, if it's um, R&D, if I'm also working with the product team, marketing, finding different markets to market our cameras and different use cases, um, even work with potential customers that are at high level uh, implementing a studio or uh, cameras in their, in their workflow. So I work with a lot of the different departments, our sales team for training on broadcast industry um, equipment, working with our cameras. So... I do a lot, even doing shows <laughs> like this. And yeah, so I wear many That's hats, awesome. but it doesn't I, I was going to say, it sounds like you do quite a bit at PTZ Optics yeah. and stuff like that. And for people who don't know, and I'm just, I just, so I say it, PTZ stands for Pan Tilt Zoom. If you didn't know that, and there's cameras that are robotic that can do that, where they can just pan and tilt and zoom all together. There are some people who don't know that. I can see, I can see smoke coming out of Josh's ears. We with have that to, one. we have to say I that thought first. It was pits, but. Um, but <laughs> But Stephen, I you piqued my interest when you said different markets you work with and stuff. Are there any markets that you work with in particular that are maybe puts. more? I'm sorry. more I, often I gotta. Than not? I can't. What? Is that the technical name for the company? If puts, I, I, I can't get past that right now. Puts. <laughs> sorry. All right. Go ahead. A technical stuff. How my it's bad, bro. <laughs> my bad. Wait. I'm sorry. <laughs> You're fine. All right. We're gonna restart here. Not no, restart. we're not restarting. Just, just go, bro. The um. Yeah, are there any markets you work with in particular that you either find super fascinating or that are just like the most common? Um, so obviously I specialize um, in the house of worship market because um, one of my other uh, side jobs, if you will, is I'm also an assistant pastor, media director at our church. So um, I, I do work a lot with the houses of worship and to see them kind of excel over, I, I also work with schools. And uh, those two, I've been working very closely, even my local uh, high school that my kids, you know, go to school here in uh, Eastern Ohio. 
Um, I volunteered my time over COVID to try to get the graduation stream, different plays and things like that. And it's really interesting to see they're trying to teach broadcasting with archaic gear from like the 1980s. Mm. You just can't do that. Like I was so taken back when I walked in there to see what they had to work with. I mean, I donated some stuff that I had that I wasn't using and, um, you know, PTZ optics was generous and got them set up with some modern, modern cameras, but it was like, wow. Like I could not believe this day and age, you know, with, with live being the way it is that they didn't have any, just anything up to date unless they use cell phones. Wow. Wow. So they were just like, they were easy. Yeah. They were just like straight lowballing at that point. It was it was pretty insane, man. Like so, after them seeing what we did at the uh, graduation, it really perked their interest to see what they could do um, going forward. And and the goal with this is obviously, you know, I'm volunteering my time, and another guy's helping me out is to train up the students so that they can train the next level of students that come in. So mm-hmm. you you teach the you know the freshmen, the freshmen teach the next year's freshman and it just keeps going on and on and on. So there's a constant wheel happening and the teacher kind of supervises, but um, that's the goal eventually because it's an interesting market. It's probably one of the most interesting I worked in. And I, I haven't done a lot with, with schools in the past of, of things that I used to do. So just, just to see that, like how, how far back it is. And, and then hearing some of the things that are at the college, I'm just going, dang, man. I got more in my studio than what they're working with. And these guys are going to college for broadcasting. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Sure, man. Could you, um, and I'm sorry, I'm derailing this whole interview. I'm okay. just so curious. The, could you explain that setup you used for the graduation? Like what kind of cameras and what it all plugged into? And I mean, a quick three minute rundown on it. Yeah. yeah so I just basically used a, a high end I seven computer uh, that's rack mountable with uh, VMix pro. I was running on it. Um, I bought a, a POE switch that I hooked up four PTZ optics cameras with power over ethernet or POE for those that aren't sure what that is. Um, so basically it enables me to not use HDMI or SDI or even the power cable. I just run one cable, run it out to the cameras and we can control it via NDI, uh, which was made by new tech uh, called network device interface, which allows you to grab those cameras over the network. And I use that with an audio interface from Personas. Uh, had eight M- XLR inputs that we grabbed from their sound engineers that had in-house. Uh, we brought it into to vMix, added graphics, uh, used, we had my buddy who was controlling the cameras and making switches by, um, you know, choosing whatever camera, zooming it in, panning it out, whatever he wanted to do with presets. And then I was switching in vMix, streaming and recording it. So I, I brought it in a self-contained rack. I have pictures up on my social if, if you ever want to check it out. So we could roll it in, plug it in, and like 20 minutes we were up and running. Wow. Nice. That's awesome. When you when you were talking about NDI, because I'm actually genuinely curious about this, can you set up ND like an NDI network anywhere, or do you have to be connected to like like literally the building you're in's network, or can you just create your own? Like, how does that how does, no, how does you, that work? I literally just bought a POE switch, which is unmanaged. And for those that don't really know a lot about networking, you can get managed and unmanaged. And managed just basically allows you to have a lot more features with how the network is controlled with an unmanaged network it basically becomes a dummy switch so basically it takes whatever ip address that you're either assigning to a camera like a static ip um and it doesn't do anything it just says okay we're just going to pass that through so you essentially take your computer 
the four PTZ optics cameras or any cameras that are network attached that are NDI supported, plug it in and the computer will see those cameras and be able to bring it in. And then one part I did miss when we streamed it out, we used a, a platform called Live View. I have a Live View solo. So we took the output of vMix, went into that, and that basically became the encoder to, to stream yep. it live. Um, so it made it really, really easy and, and robust to do it. But to answer your question, no, you don't. If you want to use like cell phones with it as wireless cameras, as we know, the iPhone and Android devices can use um, cameras with certain apps, then you would need to bring your own router and set up. Okay. Uh, that makes sense. Just connect. Yeah. Just connect a, a, a router to it and have that broadcast a Wi Fi signal of a local area network. That's it. Yeah. Okay. Well, thanks for explaining that. Cause like Wade and I are like, we're video, we're video guys, but whenever I sure. hear NDI, I'm like, oh, that. I must need to get like an IT person involved or oh, I have no. to do some weird stuff with the network in the building, but it's good to know you can just run that by itself. NDI is so simple to use. Like it's not made to be complex. Like, like you said, when you start getting into network, you, you automatically get sticker shock, so to speak. Yeah. Um, literally my camera right now is NDI. It's over the network. It's not SDI. Um, all the other cameras that I use in studio are all NDI. I'm slowly making the migration over and eventually to uh, either NDI audio or Dante audio, everything IP. It'll just make life so much easier with routing um, audio signals and video signals. Steven, so if I'm assuming correctly, you're using PTZ optic cameras in your studio right now, right? Can you give yes, us a quick, since, since you're on a switcher and everything and we don't have to worry about controlling, can you just give <laughs> us, can you just give us a quick rundown of like what your studio looks like right now? Cause we're also going to talk about your other side gig that you do. Here in a little bit and i think it's important to know so like are you able to like to show us just a little bit of what you you're running right now yeah sure I, I know a lot of people they think that i'm sitting in front of a green screen but i'm actually not i'm sitting in front of a tv and i have um all my computers this, that i use this is crazy <laughs> that's, that's dope nuts. if we you're listening if you're listening to the we audio version so go to youtube and check this out it's we nuts. gotta do this oh, i'm sorry <laughs> Steven, so, you're hired. You're hired. That's it. So a lot of people ask, they're like, well, why did you, I wanted them at eye level because I got tired of looking down all the time. But what I did was I bought these braces that have rubber grommets that are underneath. So because I'm using a desk mic, I didn't, like if I touched the desk or the control surface, I didn't want it to send shock into my microphone. Um, so I essentially um, put that all up. That's a new addition because it was driving me nuts with, with a desktop. Um, I can go to an over over overhead shot here. Bro, so look at his see. octopus so arms for his Jeez. laptops. Oh like, my lord! Like, are you? Is this yeah. Mission Control? Are What's we in happening? Florida right now? <laughs> Dude, that's the way we, we nice roll little. here. You know, you gotta, you gotta keep it good. He's got the easy button and everything there. Look at this, dude. That looks awesome. You got the stream. So, is that a stream deck too? Yeah, you got it. Yeah, wow. I use the stream deck for macros. It's an extension of the TriCaster's interface. So that's dope. Uh, Oh, wow. The, Tri the TriCaster oh interface will do like eight inputs, but it's capable of doing 16 on that. So I have it all programmed here to do so, certain math. So you've got your two. So there's two PTZ optic cameras right there. Is that correct? These are all PTZ optics cameras. Okay, Everyone so, I'm showing you right so now. So the two that are facing you that face out, face you directly, what, what version of those are those? Um, so right now, those are the 20X zoom. Um, zoom that in here so you guys can see it. Oh my God. Uh, those, those are the 20X zoom uh, cameras. Sweet. 
So what is um and in your opinion, I think I think this rolls nicely into what we wanted to ask you essentially, like why do you um why do you like these cameras or prefer them so much? I mean, obviously what you're doing now by controlling them is pretty cool. You're like, let me just show you. And you can zoom yep. in to your camera so we can get a close up view of it. Um is there is there any you know, tell us about those products or like the benefits or how they perform at yeah, low man, light. Like, I just hit you with seven questions. Yeah, but... like what's the point <laughs> in buying a PTZ Optics camera? I mean, obviously outside of controlling it because it's super sweet. That was pretty cool. I mean, that was dope. Yeah. Like he's just like, mm-hmm. yeah, he's, show- <laughs> he's showing us the whole studio with like just touching a couple of buttons. It looks I know. like, but Kevin, well, you're so going to be out is... of a job soon, bro. Kevin's going to be out of a job <laughs> here shortly. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is that is honestly the benefit is being able to control it and mounting it upside down or 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 um, you know right side up. A lot of venues they don't want camera operators. They don't want somebody in there because it's considered an eyesore. Like if you're at a production or it's a distraction in in, in houses of worship and and different places like that. So for my my personal setup, I don't have room for a camera operator, nor do I have. Uh, I wouldn't have enough people to run the cameras. So having the ability to, um, you know, look at a camera and be able to control it is, is, you know, ideal. Um, I, each camera also has a tally light on it. So I know which camera's hot, which camera's not. We could probably get in that a little Ooh, bit later. Ooh, that's a hot but- take. Which camera's hot, which camera's <laughs> not. Hey, we're going to have to go back to our rapping days, Steve. We're going to have to go back to our rapping days. So... Um, we, we make a bunch of different cameras that are, you know, all of them are NDI capable as of right now. So being able to just input that in there, the benefits being, you know, having the tight zoom, having a, a, a ability to, um, control it with your favorite software. Like everybody, you know, there's a lot of people out there with OBS, uh, VMix, Wirecast, all these softwares that everybody uses can be controlled. They can control these cameras via your traditional way of like Visca over IP, or you can do NDI, you can do, I mean, all the different protocols that have been out there. So more and more, they can get into tight spaces too. Like you saw some of the different views that I've showed you guys. Um, But one of the other cool things is that's really taken off. And this is is a camera that, that we kind of, with our sister company, this is called the Simple Track 2. Now I'm going to be away from the microphone here for real quick. Okay, but I, I want to show you. This is this is how cool this is. Okay, ah, shut the front oh, door. Okay, <laughs> I see you again. If you're listening to audio, go to YouTube and see this. The oh. camera is tracking him as he walks around his wait, room. Wait, does it does it like lock on your face somehow? What? Oh my god! No, he's got a tracker built into his neck, and it's like following. <laughs> <the trackers. laughs> Whoa. What? Okay. And Does then he just like, wait. And then guys, notice for the video people, he just soft dissolves back into. He just soft dissolved back. Just right dissolves right back into. Like, oh, it's okay. No it. big no deal. Problem. The show's over. We're done. We're done. That We're gone. Pretty sick. Dang. So th- one of the things that the engineers built into this thing, it's really cool, is it works with macro triggers. So the TriCaster and VMix, they have the ability to set up uh, different macros, which is essential, essentially a, a bunch of commands. So for instance, like you could have a lower third up and you're at the end of your show and you want to get intimate with your audience and you walk over and the camera's tracking you, you could set up a hot spot in your studio where you put your hand or your body. And what happens is it'll trigger an HTTP command, which then triggers the macro and it will, whatever you're programmed to do. So I have one that lowers my lower third, fades me to black, turns off my audio, runs my outro. After the outro fades to black again, 
stops the recording and still keeps me muted. What are we doing in our lives? We just like more work. Well, so, so, yeah, so you have to automate somehow, right? So for certain things. So that's something that makes that camera special. And a lot of houses of worship have jumped on board. Schools, college professors have jumped on board with this camera after seeing what it can do. And obviously you can, you can change the speed, but a camera operator is not going to be able to follow that that good and that close I, because no. they don't you know pretty much made a camera operator obsolete yeah i instantly saw <laughs> the benefit i instantly saw the benefit and thought of just people on stage yeah or uh, when you said yeah. professor yeah. like that makes complete sense like a professor up at the front of the room and wants to walk around wants to do whatever they yeah. can just it just follows them yeah, or like a pastor the front door, a, a pastor on stage like because we, I mean, we've seen a lot of church streams like they some pastors really move around and they run to side to side you know they go yeah. crazy so it's like that that technology okay, is insane. So, wow. So wait, Steven. So just to make sure, you told me before the show began you were going to send us three of those, right? Yeah. I heard <laughs> we were each getting one. I heard that yeah. we were each getting one, and it was courtesy of Stephen Haywood at PTC yeah. Optics. <laughs> so let's let let me show you this too. So oh, I'm here we my go. I'm gonna change my background to a uh, my, the arcade one, and the reason I want to do this is I want to show you. With this motion tracking camera, a lot of people are like, okay, this is great. What happens if something moves in front of you? Do you lose the track? So watch. All right, he's getting up again. And he's moving. <laughs> and it's still following him. Wow. That's yeah, a, a, an operator could not do that. No, that's not, crazy. Not at that tight. I don't think so either. No. So so basically you've pretty much made an operator obsolete with that camera. Correct. I mean, let's just be <laughs> in that in that specific use case, yeah, I would yeah. say. And well, what's the name of that camera? Yeah. Sorry, I don't know if we got that. This is called the Simple Track 2, but it's spelled without the E in Simple. Okay. Simple Track 2. And it's made by our uh we have a sister company called Huddle Cam HD. So if you go to huddlecamhd.com, you can you can check this out. Now, I, I will say this is a pricier camera, but for a lot of houses of worship, coupled even with what the product that you guys have, they can do a lot with this because you can do manual control like I was just doing with uh, my other cameras, or you could set it to some, to tracking. So let's let's imagine a house of worship since we brought that up as an example. Yep. Um, during worship, they want to leave it off of tracking. They just want to keep it centered on the stage. You could just by simple in the software just untick the the tracking. It stays centered on the stage. After that, they can just simply hit, uh, you know, the tracking and it'll follow the pastor around uh, wherever, wherever he goes. Wow. Wow. Dude, you blew our minds. We yeah, didn't expect that. that. I was going to say. We have to throw that on our kids' yeah. site, like now, for, to recommend to people. Absolutely. So listen, if, you, if you're listening to this and obviously you can't see it, please jump to the YouTube channel. We'll put jump. pictures up of it. And stuff yeah, like we'll, that. we'll link it up in, in the video for you to see it. But it's, it's called the Huddle Cam HD Simple Track 2, minus the E in the word simple. Simpler. Um, you can look at it at uh, huddlecamhd.com. It's on their website. And, I mean, it get, uh, there's a bunch of videos, documentation. I think Clements over here, Josh was looking at the uh, just some of the specs, and he kind of went, wow, when he saw those 20 times zoom at what yeah. what was f-stop? Four, four, four something? Four seven, I think. Four, yeah, four seven at 94 millimeters. Wow, I mean, that's, that's incredible for a, wow. a really decent camera. Um, and we recommend... We, we recommend not going any further than like 65 feet with it, but I'll be honest, a couple of the churches, we've, we've kind of put it to the test. We've had it at like 100 feet and it still looked good. Wow. Wow. I would say the, the, not only the benefit of the automation, but the cost savings that you get out of yeah. that. 
Well, it should like, pay for, for itself over for me, time. Like there's some events where there's no budget to pay for camera ops, but you still want to make it look good and, and to follow the speaker instead of just setting up a medium shot in the back of the room and have it be static. Right. Being able to throw that into the mix. And I was going to say for, for us too, because I, I don't know how much Gary filled you and Steven, but Josh and I have our own video production company and we, you know, we do random <laughs> projects here and there. But for us too, when you show something like that to a client and you say like, look, this will follow you as you walk around and they see it moving, it's just like eye candy. It's a soul. It's that's like, sold. it's like, whoa, that's so cool. You know, like, cause we, we grow our business. Yeah. We like, just, we exponentially. just, we just did a job uh, at the end of June where we used a PTZ camera and the client was pretty pumped about it. Cause we called it like the guy we were working with just called it like, oh, it's our robotic camera. And they were like, whoa, that's crazy. <laughs> robotic you know? camera. But, magic. Um, magic. <laughs> yeah. That's really, really cool. I'm happy yeah. you shared that with us. And I've used these cameras even before I worked for the company. I've been using them probably shortly after they, they came into being, if you will. Yeah. Um, I found them and, and I started using them. Um, another camera, do you guys use a lot of, you said you have a production company. Do you use uh, uh, one of those sliders that are automated? Like you put a camera, a DSLR on it and it just moves at whatever speed that, that you, you wanted to for you like a track yeah, shots? Yeah, like a Rhino slider or yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah those like have some PTZ. They don't. They don't come with the camera, but they have some PTZ capability in them. Right. So the what? On. We make a we make a an NDI version of a uh, a camera. This is called the EPTZ camera, um, and you can do, do it has dual SDI. And the reason for that is you can tap into both lenses, the close up lens and the distance lens. Oh, you can send both separate shots. Yeah, at the same time. But it's also NDI capable. But this thing is built like a tank, so you can mount it upside down or you can mount it right side up. And I've used this as a, we'll call it a dump camera, just a camera to drop to um, if we have to set up other shots with the pit, with the PTZ camera. And mm -hmm. we put it on a motion slider real slow just to go across at, you know, real close to the stage. Yeah. These cameras are phenomenal wow. for that. I yeah. have seen those before. Those All are right. really nice. I'm sold. Okay. Jeez. I'd like five of them, please. And if yeah. you could. Well, that them. did I answer your question, Gary? <laughs> yeah, no, dude, you did. No, I mean. I think the thing is, is like people who will watch and listen to us um, hear from BoxCast or even, you know, watch and listen from, say, you know, PTZ. People want to know what that next thing is and what's the easiest way to do it, right? Like, how do we go from having two people having to operate cameras on a Sunday morning to having nobody operate a camera on a yeah. Sunday morning? And what makes it, uh, the, what, why is it beneficial and why is it expensive? Well, you just proven why it's expensive. I'm sorry. I mean, but we talked about this a few episodes ago. Like, sometimes cheap isn't always the best well, route, you know? I would also say it's, it's expensive at the outset, but it's saving you money over well, time. Over yeah, the, the long, long term. Yeah, over yeah. the long term. But, I mean, that, that answers the question is, like, what is the benefit of not having an operator? Well, if you have a slick camera that can, you know, zoom, tilt, and use a macro with automation or even just track you like that, that makes all the sense for any any application. I mean, we could put that towards sports. I mean, dude, you'd mount those right. things yes. up anywhere. Yep. You know, so oh, that makes sense. Does that work for sports, Stephen? Like, would that fall, um, or is there too much going on, or are there specific? Believe it or not, believe it or not, um, it can it can track a lot faster. Like, you could be standing still and just going like this, and it'll it'll follow you. Yeah, like, I have the settings. Oh, wow. Like, out of, wow. I think out of a scale of one to six, I think I have it at a two. Wow, um, six being the fastest. Six being fastest. And one of the things that I wanted to try, which I haven't done because of where my pinball table is, I wanted to fixate it on the pinball and have it bounce around and see if it tracks the pinball around mm. the table. 
just to see what it what it's capable of doing because I can't mount it upside down to really get a good shot of the table, which makes it you know kind of difficult. Um, but Gary, you mentioned about camera operators and and you know not needing them. You're at a church. We went through this pandemic. We're still kind of going through it a little bit. If you have your favorite software, you can remote into the machine machine from home and control the camera yeah. from home. Yeah. I've seen that. Me. I've seen Maybe. that. Yeah. We've talked to clients who've done that in the past where they're like, yeah, we're running like, you know, four PTC options. It's, it, generally they're like larger Catholic churches that are doing it. And they're like, yeah, we've remoted in we can, you know, we can capture the, the video and audio and everything just by using the, the remote feature. But well, I was going to say like in that situation, if you wanted to have four cameras, that's five people, four people running cameras, one person doing the switching producer. and stuff like yeah. that. But if you have all PTZ optics, now it's, you could do all, I mean, you could do it all with one person. You could do if it you all. Knew, if you knew what you were like, doing. If you became yeah. like a master video DJ. And yes. You mm-hmm. just, yeah. You could, you could wow. actually, but you would, <laughs> that, that's the move. <laughs> <laughs> but you could, I mean, especially if you knew your services that well. It, and it was like pretty repeatable and you understood you could anticipate what was happening mm-hmm. next and you could get really good at mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. but before the camera operator guys before they tune out of the show and think that we're all hating on them and saying that there's no room for camera operators uh no i still use regular cameras i do have a, a canon a, um, xa40 that i use a 4k camera so i use that for like b-roll and shooting things so there's still a place for that and even before the tracking camera our church uses that tracking camera we had one person manned on the camera to track the, the, the senior pastor as he was as he was preaching. Um, but we had PTZ cameras set up around. And then when the tracking camera came out, it was like, well, sorry, we don't need you anymore. We're going to put that. We're going to put that up. <laughs> right. Uh, but what it, it did, was it made it easier. Right. You could get let, you know, less people means less mistakes. Yeah, less room for error. So, yeah, that's true. Less so, people to disappoint you when they don't show up on time. Fact. <laughs> so that brings me to another question then for you then, Stephen. So in respects to less people, less errors, less mistakes, how easy, how easy is it to operate and set one of these things up or more in that case if you needed it as a single operator? How, 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 well, how well can that be done? So in the past, and this was before I worked uh, with PTC Optics, um, there's there's an app for Windows that you would open up, and there's even a Mac app that would search a generic IP address that was on it. Usually on the bottom of the cameras, there's an IP address, um, and it was a little cumbersome. I'm I'm not going to sugarcoat it. it. Was it was it was a little cumbersome. And what they've done now, the engineers, they've done a really good job of building in DHCP, and what that essentially does is it automatically finds it onto the network so that you can alter that IP address. And the reason for doing that is you might have another device or you might have a network set up with static IP addresses. And what static addresses, what it does to the device is it basically locks that device to a specific IP. For example, 192.168.1.3. That will never change. That's static. It stays that way. So if the camera automatically chooses that address, you want to change that. So that's where the app now, if you're on the latest firmware, uh, you, you want to do that and you can change the IP address, see it on your network, get it up and running in little to no time. Um, even now with our joysticks now, being able to bring in cameras via NDI, you don't have to go through the Visca, know the port, and the IP. It, it, you can bring it in through NDI and it gives you a list of the cameras to choose from for the different camera position buttons that you want on the joystick. Wow. So, so you said that you don't have to operate this using a joystick controller. 
or any of the PTZ optic cameras, right? You can do that through software. You said you can do it through OBS, Wirecast, vMix, right? Okay. Can you talk to me a little bit? Just give me a hint. Like, what are you, you're obviously using a joystick controller, right? Are you doing that through vMix when like you're out and about doing live streaming for other organizations? So on location, when we, you know, we did the, um, the actual production for uh, the graduation, we, I have a physical joystick. I have our super joy that we have from PTC Optics. Um, I use that only because um, when you're controlling vMix and you're switching, you need somebody else separate to be controlling those cameras. So instead of one, you know, four or five camera operators, if you're using five cameras, now you need one. So he's sitting there going out. And the cool thing with our joystick is it outputs to an HDMI screen. So if I go back to my over the shoulder shot here, you could see, and I could, I can zoom in on that real quick. So you guys can see, um, and you can see I'm using the joystick here to bring in the camera. You're very but good at that. What I can, way. <laughs> I've been very smooth. A little bit. But you guys could see there's numbers here on the side, and I know it's a distance, but you won't you won't see the effect. Right. There's camera position. So if I hit any one of these cameras, you're going to see it change on the screen here to whatever camera I'm choosing. And then I can then have control over it. So as a camera operator, all he needs is a screen in front of him with this, and he can maneuver these these cameras around um at will without affecting anything that i'm doing in vmix tricaster wirecast whatever whatever so, it is that i'm switching with oh yeah that's a preview yeah. out then it is it there's hdmi built into it so it gives you cool. that clean that's actually um, really so cool. i just i had no i had no idea that was a thing because i think the mm -hmm. the ptz camera we used at the other event it it what to just be honest it wasn't a ptz optics but i don't think the controller sure. had that option no. right because like that, because we had to like run a separate feed to him mm -hmm. that showed him just his one camera. But um, yeah, that's really cool. Um, Stephen, this maybe doesn't. This is just me jumping around here a little bit. But do you recommend ever streaming like directly from the camera if it's just like a single camera shoot or like a let's rephrase if it's like a single camera setup? Do you recommend streaming directly from a PTZ Optics camera or do you think you should still get like a software involved if, so you can do more? Or what's what's your take on that? I think it depends on your budget, honestly, um, if I'm going to be fair. I mean, let's yeah. say you have, you have a church that has a, you know, $3,000 budget, and the only thing they can afford right now is a simple track, and they want to connect that to the network, then I would say, by all means, stream right from the camera, uh, have that ability to do that. I mean, it's baby steps, you know, it, it's it's a it's a sprint, not a not a marathon, you know? Right. So you, you, you want to go with what you have, get going. And then just build as you go on. So I don't see anything wrong at all with with uh, streaming right from the camera. We have that ability in there. We also have SRT built into it. Uh, oh, for wow. those that don't know, secure nice. reliable transport. So you can do that exactly what you're saying. Perfect. Is, yeah. um, when when you're using like NDI connections over Ethernet, I'm just thinking like there might be some like traditional broadcast guys that are like, no, I like SDI. I'm sticking with SDI. <laughs> Like, is there any like you like, well, yeah, like my initial thought would be, is there any disadvantage to running video over an Ethernet cable versus like an SDI cable? So there there can be right. Um, there could be advantages like and I'm not going to I'm not going to lie. My cameras, two of them are hooked up with SDI in the event of a catastrophe. I have that okay. ability to so, and the reason for that is because like you guys, I'm kind of the, the old school mentality as well. Um, I'm going to see if I could do a side-by-side -side comparison but, here. With but it sounds guys. like you can do both. 
and you can do SDI as backup. Okay. So that's that's okay. at least nice because yeah. I mean if you're if your cameras are close, you could run a short SDI cable mm-hmm. versus you're probably not gonna run like let's run two two hundred foot cables, but that is nice. Let's 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 see if Zoom can carry the signal here. And let's see if you guys can tell the difference. I'm gonna I'm gonna switch between cameras and you tell me which one's SDI and which one's NDI. So let me know when you can tell the difference of which one and by the way is if, NDI. If you're listening to this, yeah, sorry, Stephen. If you're listening to this, you gotta check this out on the video because it makes so much more sense when you're seeing it, but we'll 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 just we'll just scream into our microphone as loud as possible. <laughs> SDI. Okay, all right, go ahead, go do it, Steven. Right. So right now, I, I'm sure you guys can't tell. Like no. this, you can't tell which one's SDI and which one's oh, NDI. Oh, that's totally SDI. No, have, yeah. Have you been switching <laughs> between them? Yeah. I have been switching. That's what I'm I, saying. I, was like, I feel like you to test us, you've probably just been switching between them, but I never even noticed you switched. Nope, I've seen it. Nope, you're totally on NDI now. I haven't switched it. My hands <laughs> Um, But no, that's, that's what I always show people. I'm like, okay, so if I get it, I get worried I get worried from time to time too. Like what, you know, what could happen? There's always that what if. Right. But if you set it up and you isolate your network in the sense of, um, you know, what traffic's going where it doesn't, you know, like I have switches set up all across my studio. Like I have a switch set up just for the gear here. So if something happens, like if all this stuff stops networking, I know the switch went bad. I can replace it. It's just my own sake. But if you know how to connect your, computer to a switch or your cameras to a switch you just plug it in like you shouldn't have any issue and and that's why that's one of the reasons is for demonstrating things like that for non-believers with it but i do (laughs) there's nothing wrong there's nothing wrong with keeping an sdi connection i already had it run through the ceiling before ndi so obviously i'm going to use it i'm going to you know i'd be full not to um but but i i get i get the concern i really do yeah, and I, I like the simplicity, though, of everything running off of one type of cable. Because even, you know, sometimes setting this up, we're like, wait, can you get me that thing? Can you get me that thing? Like, what if everything was just one connector? And in any situation, I mean, whether you're a house of worship, um, you're a sports team, you're a school, maybe even you're just a conference um, or some small business doing something, you know, with, with conferences and webinars. Simplicity is always mastered, right, yeah. in these situations. So the less pain points you have to have to troubleshoot a situation or a scenario, the easier it is to figure out what the problem is. Right. I mean, that's the way it works with audio. When you're like jumping a bunch of audio jumps, you got so many different gain structures at that point, you have to figure it all out as you go and then master one down. Where if you just go from point A to point B and not have to worry about what's in between, I mean, come on, that's a win. Like that's a total yeah. win. So I think Wade's got like one or maybe two questions. And I want to jump into your side venture here, Stephen. I want to talk more about you if we can get an opportunity. To yeah, do that. The, sure. the only other question I have too, and it's more of just, because I, I really think like someone like Josh and I are going to start to jump into this world because we're seeing the it's benefit. Inevitable. We've used it at the events. You just showed us a ton of really cool stuff. Like I could see our next camera being a PTZ camera. I'm getting the credit card out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah we're, we're getting it out today. Um, <laughs> the... How, what do you recommend for like today? We're obviously recording the podcast. We have a couple cameras hooked up to our switcher and stuff. Um, is there an ideal like ISO recording device for any of the PTZ optics cameras? Cause I know you, you can't just like stick a memory card directly in it and like record like a traditional camera. Is there anything you recommend for like, let's say we were doing a two camera interview and we didn't want to bring a switcher and we just wanted to record the cameras and edit it later and put the audio in later. 
with a clap maybe because they don't have audio. I don't know how we do it, but that's my question. Built into PCZ Optics, no. But because we support NDI, um, NDI tools, um, and I'm pulling this up, I'm looking at it here. There is a program, and I don't know if they have it still for sale or you can get it, but it was called ISOCoder, which basically allowed you to ISO record using NDI, any any camera that was NDI. So if you had 12 cameras NDI, you could, as, as long as you had a beefy enough machine, you could ISO record those cameras. So that would be my recommendation um, without going into the hardware route. Now, if you want to go to a hardware route, I know Blackmagic makes some devices um, and you, you know, you could do stuff like that. I personally, I use like an Atomos Ninja on a certain camera that I want to use ISO for, um, in the event, like if I'm out in the field and I'm running and gunning and I have one camera, I'll use like the Atomos Ninja just, just in case something happens, corrupted mm-hmm. SD card. Um, but yeah, ISO coder for NDI or whatever they have it called now, cause they changed the names for it. Usually there's uh, if you look at the NDI tools, you'll see there's, um, uh, applications to do things like that. That's cool. That's awesome. That's My really first good. thought was not like you could do it over NDI, but it's like, but it's so cool that you, that's oh. how you could do it. And like, it's probably easier in my opinion. Like if you have three cameras and you can just mm-hmm. do it on a computer and it can just record all three at one time. Yeah. That sounds super ideal to well, me. The, the whole, I think the whole, and just to kind of close this part of our segment up for our, for this episode is like, if you're a traditionalist, okay, where everything has to be hard ran, you're not, you know, you're running to a switcher. You're not using a computer for a setup. That's your thing. You can still do this with a PTZ optics camera. Mm-hmm. So, like, just yeah. wait, though. Just wait, though. Wait. You are still hardline, just like SDI. You are still hardline using an Ethernet cable. Right. I just but wanted I'm, to put that in. I'm talking about not bringing it into a computer system to, you know, if you're running five or six cameras, you need a beefy enough system with enough processing power to pull that in, to record it, and to process it out, right? Yeah. So if you're still that traditionalist where you're like, <laughs> I'm not running, you know, I'm not running a full Mac rack mount unit like Steven's got for a go. I'm just going to go ahead and throw it into an A10 Mini, um, you know, convert the crap out of the SDI or whatever. You can still do that. Like, you can still do that. So if you're a traditionalist, you know, you can totally do that. But the wave of the future is digital. It's IP-based. And so with it being IP-based and that whole situation, I'm glad to see that there's a camera system that's, that's moving along in that process. So, I mean, yeah. in the long and short of it, it, I mean, it may be expensive up front, but the cost savings could be astronomical, astronomical, astronomical. I'm, I'm going to invent a new word. Astronomical is great. <laughs> astronomical is a great word. It, it, it's going to be astronomical <laughs> and astronomical in comparison to having to pay operators yeah. or having to pay a setup or, you know, I mean, I, these things are obviously not bulky. Like, you could probably pack this in some sort of, like, you know, Pelican case real fast with some good foam and, and roll, you know? Yeah, and this is probably just what you said there. Um, this is just a shout-out to a guy named Jason's Cases, I believe. He makes, like, custom cases for, oh, for wow. like, PTZ and, like, all sorts of stuff. They're oh, super yeah, nice, they're and they're really not that nice. expensive. Not that expensive. That's yeah, my, our buddy got, like, three PTZ cameras in one case, custom, fits his controller, all that stuff. Wow. It was, like, 700 bucks, but it was awesome. So anyway, with, let's go to the next Like I thing. said, with all to say on that, man, yeah. I mean, I, Stephen, we're, we're grateful for you. The broadcast engineer at PTZ Optics, my friend, friends and family, appreciate it. Um, we're, we're grateful for the fact that, you know, you showed us around that. You really blew our minds with that. With the, with the I'm simple so track. I'm so glad we didn't. I'm so glad you like did that on the show because I was like, what? What is this? <laughs> you should have seen Josh's <laughs> eyes. Like they went to the size of like dinner plates when you did that. It was great. <laughs> so, so Stephen, um, I've known you for quite a long time. We've been really good friends. Um, and 
I remember back in the day when uh, Ustream was like one of the only companies out there, only organizations out there that were doing any sort of live streaming on the internet. And I remember you jumping into that in your tiny little apartment and I coming over and I seeing how you're doing that. And then I went back to college and started doing it myself. And that was kind of like my introduction into live streaming. And you have taken that exact thing and you have crafted it into something. I don't know if you want to call it a monster or if you want to call it like, I don't know, like your golden kingdom, you know, but I mean, I remember like watching you on this, this organization that you created called the tech buzz. And now you have no outdoor, I'm sorry, no limit. I'm sorry. What is it? No, no limit outdoors. No boundaries. Outdoors. No boundaries outdoors. That's right. And then, um, now you've got this, this arcade show that you're doing as well. Cause I know yep. you're, you're like a retro gamer. Retro yeah. yeah. The retro buzz. And I watch these from time to time and it's just astounding the the level and creativity that you've come up with. Talk to me about this, man. What is this network that you built and how in the world did you do it? Like, I want to know more. You know, I ask myself that every day. <laughs> Honestly, the, like you said about creating a monster, it depends on who you ask. Um, well, Marty McPherson I, would probably say it's a monster, I would say. Yeah. <laughs> so when I, when I got started, um, I was doing tech and, you know, everybody and their mother was doing tech and um, to make a long story short, I ended, I ended up getting out of tech because of that um, and, and broadcasting because of, I was doing that medium to get my message out. You know, I, back in the day, like 15 years ago, I had to cobble everything together to make it work. Like your, you know, screen sharing. I would take any computer that somebody was getting rid of the old Pentium fours when we were on like dual core computers and people are like, well, what do you want them for? And I'm like, they're Skype machines. These are great. You know, buying cheap SD capture card to bring in Skype guests. And I'd have four separate machines to run Skype. And, you know, I, I basically just, you know, did my passion and I, and I went on and uh, talked to the audience. And that was something that as Gary pointed out on Ustream was dirty. People would just go on and, and, and dictate, they would not communicate. And so that was something that I wanted to do. I wanted to go on there and be the most engaging show that they possibly could have. And in that, it built a community because people knew that I was into computers and I was going to teach them or answer questions about it. But when I got to broadcasting, I wanted to take that same route. And so I did that for many years, a broadcasting show called Broadcast Now, went on a hiatus for five years, and we just brought that show back with new hosts, um, to help people, especially going through the pandemic, I thought, you know, this is this is a show that needs to be here. There's no other shows out there. There might be one or two that are teaching people from the ground up what to do, what not to do. Learn from the mistakes that I made so that you can skip all the aggravation that mm -hmm. I went through. And so you talk about like no boundaries in the gaming show, like all that stuff just happened by accident. It was just a passion that I had and I saw a need. And companies like latched on. They were like, wow, you can do that kind of video. And, and in the outdoor space, they were like, wow, you can do like TV quality video. We don't have to pay $100,000, you know, to do that for coverage or for a live show. You can do it right from your home. That's incredible with multiple cameras, bringing us in from a remote location, TV quality. And so it was just a way that, you know, working with those within these industries, it's a way to kind of fund my my passions to where <laughs> it's stuff i'd have to buy anyway so if they're like yeah we'll throw you this product if you're going to do these 
reviews and commercials and things like that. So I'm like, yeah, you know, it, it's it, it's a win-win for everybody. And the same thing happened with the gaming space. It was something that I could share with my kids. And um, they got they got into the stuff that we grew up with, you know, the original Mortal Kombat's, the Space Invaders, you know, and Pac-Man. Centipede, all these double dragons. Exactly. Yep, I remember. And so it, it was it's a great opportunity. So what you know, what happened was that again, the companies latched on not because of my video game knowledge. It was a latch on because of the quality that I was putting out in a live show. Right. Right. So and yeah. I, I I've watched several I mean I've even partaked like, You were on you were a co host. Yeah, for, I was gonna say I was a co host for several months. Here. Yeah. Um when when I was uh when I was doing some ministry stuff back in the day. But yeah. Um so let me ask you a question and and you can elaborate on this or as little as you want. Um as we come into you know the close of our show and everything, I just want to focus on you. When you do these kind of shows, like what are your viewership like? Like how are you how are you getting people to watch? Um, my viewership can range, man. It can range from uh, like my Roku channel, which I've had for many years, has over fifty thousand subscribers to it. Now, that's a, before everybody's like, "Wow, fifty thousand. That doesn't mean all fifty thousand are watching. I mean, even if a tenth of them are watching, you know, at any given moment. Um, I I'll, I'll be honest. I don't put a lot of emphasis on viewership at this point. I I'm more focused on the content. I'm more focused on building community. So I focus on the people that actually show up to comment. And if it's 10 people that actually show up to comment, then that's who I focus on. Not to say that the people that are watching later aren't important, but for, for me, engagement is key. And so I find out later, cause I'll get emails from people I've never heard of. I've never even seen them in the chat room saying, Hey, that was a great show. Or, you know, you watch your viewership numbers go up in your podcast downloads and, and, and things like that. So I, I think that if you're a content creator, if you're doing a podcast show, whether it's for business or not, focus on your content, focus on your audience and the views come later. It, that should be your most important because if you get wrapped up following the viewership and, and being like, oh, look at me, you get an ego right away. And that gets in the way of creativity. And, and I, always, I always tell people, like, I go back and watch stuff that I did 10 years ago. And it's awful. It's the most awful stuff I've ever oh, seen yeah. on the internet. No, it totally is awful. I can tell you that straight up. See, he knows. <laughs> but what it does is it brings you back down the planet Earth and, and, and humbles you and yeah. makes, you, makes you understand that, yeah, you've come a ways, but you've also come a ways because of your audience. And if you do that, and you have reminders in your in your studio of of that it makes you a better person it makes you a better content creator because then your focus is not about you it's about the content you're delivering to the viewer that's taking the time to watch you setting that scheduled time aside every week to see you sit in front of a camera and act like a bumbling idiot um in some cases that's <laughs> but uh, but, it, but that's the truth. I mean, you're, you're nothing without, you know, your audience. And I always say to people, I'm like, wow, you know, cause they'll be like, wow, that's 50,000. That's a lot. I'm like, yeah. But in the grand scheme of the world, 50,000 people is just a tiny, tiny little mustard seed in the whole population. You're not going to walk out in the grocery store and somebody be like, Hey, it's Steve from the tech buzz. You're going to be like, who are you? <laughs> you know? Right. So <laughs> well, I feel like that's what they're that doing with us right now is they're like, Oh, who's this, you yeah. know, Josh Gary. You know, Wade, who are these guys? Well, you know, 
We're just guys. Yeah. The only, I, the only people that know the only people that know you is like if you go to NAB uh, that have watched you, you know, in that industry, or you know, and they come up. I, I, I'll be honest. I've had uh, some some international people at NAB come up and want like autographs and pictures. That was weird. That was really weird to me because like they were right and my wife is like, because she's standing there. And because I was interviewing somebody and they're like, can we talk to him? We, we watch a show. We would like a picture with him. And she's like, yeah, you can go up and talk to him. And he's like, they're like, oh, oh, really? Like, I, I don't know if that's just the, the stigmata that content creators put off. But I stood there. Talk, they thought it was like the greatest thing. And I'm just like, guys, I put my pants on one leg at a time, just like everybody else. Wow. Wow. Regular dude. You know, I'm going to that was kind of weird. <laughs> I'm asking for your <laughs> autograph next that. time I go to. NAB. Don't do that. Don't do that. I, that's just I, weird, man. I don't know about you, but I actually put my pants both legs on at the same time so that's also because i can't touch the floor that explains the lump on your head oh it explains the lump on your head when you fell yeah. over thanks steven thanks steven well i think we got time for maybe one more question I, i've got one um and then sorry josh if i'm taking You're over good. from you no, go for the um it sounds like steven which is awesome to hear it sounds like you found topics that you like are obviously extremely passionate about and you're doing them again not for the viewership not for oh, I'm trying to be famous. You're just doing them because you genuinely care about them. You want to build a community around that topic or mm -hmm. that thing so you can just connect with people that are also like-minded. I guess the question is, for someone who maybe hasn't started that venture yet or hasn't began their, let's call it, I don't want to call it a channel, but just began making videos or maybe a blog or something, mm -hmm. do, you got, do you have like one or two tips for them just being like, hey, here's what I would start doing if you're super passionate about something and you want to get that out there and connect with people. Don't talk about it. Do it. Love it. I, I see too many people talking about, oh, I'm going to do this or I want to do this or I should do this. Don't talk about it. Do it. You have one of these things. For those watching, I'm holding up a cell phone. You have one of these things. There's no excuse. It has a microphone and a camera. Just do us all a favor and and, and turn it. Yes. Landscape. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Do, do the landscape. We're not, we're not doing portrait video landscape. Okay. Now that that's out of the way, um, do it, get on your favorite platform. I don't care if it's TikTok. I told uh, a buddy of mine who's like, man, I'd love to do what you do. He's like, I just don't have the money to, to build the studio. And I'm like, who said you need to build a studio like me? I'm like, if I, if, if, if somebody said to me, somebody said before to me, they said, if you had all this gear 15 years ago, wouldn't you be in a much better place? And I'm like, no, because I wouldn't have learned the ins and outs of cameras and audios and, and mixers and all the stuff, cobbling things together. I wouldn't trade it for the world, but my setup would have been a lot different than what it is today because the tools that are at everybody's fingertips are astounding from what they were 15 years ago. You can get a ring light now, even at Walmart because of the uh, Snapchat era and TikTok era, you know, for 20 bucks, throw your phone in that. You have good lighting. You got a good camera. You got good audio. Get out there and make some content. Stop making excuses. Otherwise, nobody cares. You hear that, Josh? Yeah. I love that. Stop making excuses, it. Josh. I, I, have an excuse. I absolutely love that. Thank <laughs> you. That was a great answer. That was a great answer. Yeah. Steve, we, uh, we really appreciate your time. We appreciate you coming on here, man. Um, and we, you know, we'd love to have you again sometime, but we would also like to get the viewers and listeners to know, man, how, how can people look for your stuff? Where can they find it? What's the website, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok? What are you using right now? Where can they get to you? Uh, pretty much you can go to the techbuzz.net or search the techbuzz. I'm pretty much anywhere you can email me, Steve at the techbuzz.net. Um, again, I, I, I'm all about giving. So if people have questions about 
broadcasting and they need, uh, you know, that's the whole premise behind the show that I do is to give back to the community that's, that's given to me over all the years. And, and that's, that's the premise of the show. And who knows, we might use your question on the show as content. So, um, I got to yeah, sign a release form first, pal. Okay. You do that. <laughs> so the Are tech- we finally released him. <laughs> right. right yeah. yeah. Well, that's how it works. So the techbuzz.net and anything related to social media would be the same thing, right? Yep. Cool. Yep. Awesome. Again, it's Steve Haywood with the techbuzz.net with PTZ optics with, uh, no boundaries outdoors. And of course the retro arcade. It's been fun having you, buddy. I'm, I'm so glad I got to see you. Maybe next time we do this, we get you in person. How's that sound? Oh, that sounds great. I, I think that'd be fun. That'd be um, awesome. but that would be, that would be three on one though. I don't know if that'd be good. No, we're gonna kick Clements out. I'll, I'll, just, I'll just leave. <laughs> we're gonna put we're gonna put uh, we're gonna put our producer uh, Kevin in the middle instead. He's gonna jump in instead. We'll make we'll make oh, Josh man. switch. So Jeez. awesome. Well, again, hang on for me, Steve. But man, awesome man. Just yeah. an awesome interview. I am so glad that we got to have him on and, and really enlightening too. That simple track, him. What? <laughs> That's nuts. Yeah, you blew our mind. I mean, again, for people listening, go to YouTube and watch and watch it if you can, because like the the stu- your one your studio to the simple track. I mean, just y- your whole command center is like a dream. <laughs> Ridiculous. It's a dream, cool, but like a spaceship. I do agree with you. If you gave me, if I had your basement right now, I would not know what to do with it. You got to learn it first, you and kind of yeah, have you to. Do. You, you kind- have to learn to do the simple stuff first, and then mm-hmm. you can get complicated over time. Yeah, but Man. if like he said, if he would have started with all of that. He'd be too overwhelmed to even get anywhere. Right, exactly. Wow, man. Awesome episode, guys. It's, it's been a pleasure again to be a part of this, and we're super excited to continue, and we hope that you guys enjoyed this as well. Um, you can check out the BoxCast podcast on all of the current streaming uh, podcast services, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple, and Google, the top four at least. Um, more coming as we go through. We'd love to be able to communicate with you. You can, you can contact us at questions at boxcast.com. Listen, if you've not had an opportunity to live stream whatsoever in any opportunity, Stephen made a great point there. Start with your phone. Boxcast has a great way to do that. We can offer you the Go plan. It's a free plan where you're able to stream up to 180 minutes a month. That's three hours in a month. All you have to do is use your phone. You can download the broadcaster app today. Go to boxcast.com slash Go plan and learn that today. Guys, it's been a pleasure. It's been, it's been fun. It's been a great time. Thank you so much. And thank you, Steven. Yeah, thank you again, Steven. Thank you again, Sure and BoxCast. I'm Gary with the BoxCast Podcast. And I'm Wade. I'm Josh. And we appreciate it. Have a great day. Bye, guys. Bye.